0: Greetings, it's Terri Cottage in the Court. The rain last night was necessary and beautiful. As I heard it dance on my rooftop, it kind of lulled me into a wonderful dream about what my garden will be this year. We had a cold snap last week, and I hope that you didn't plant too many annuals. If you did, I hope you have some seeds or that you're not dismayed. There's so many myths and things that we hear that are just not quite true when it comes to gardening. Like, oh, because it's the first day of spring, it's time to plant. Not necessarily. We have to beware of myths and legends that we hear in the garden. Sometimes they might work for you. Other times they're just not true. I've got Mrs. Know-it-all here, and she's going to share her perspective on myths and legends in the garden. Now. Some of these things you might have tried. They might have worked. But there are other things that she will share that really we need to reconsider. Here's Mrs. Know-It-All with some truth and some giggles. How you doing, Mrs. Know-It-All? Good, Terry. How have you been? Well, I'm doing
1: fine. But you know... I heard a couple of rumors and myths. <laughs> yeah, you know, that old song, I heard a rumor. I think it was the bangles. <laughs> <laughs> and I also heard
0: that you are aware of rumors and myths in the garden. Yeah. Or should we say, they are rumors and whispers?
1: Yeah. So I have this talk called Urban Myths and Legends in the Gardens." also known as rumors and whispers in the garden and we put the english spelling of r-u-m-o-u-r-s just to kind of give it a little more class so to speak so share a few with us oh there's so many that you know it's funny i'm not bald from ripping out my hair (laughs) so uh, you know i tell people you know there's all these urban myths and legends or i've got a bridge in brooklyn i can sell you cheap (laughs) so you know if it's on you know we're going into gardening season now and you know if it's on the internet it must be true so you remember that game you used to play with a bunch of friends that somebody would whisper in your ear and then you'd whisper it to the next person it was i think was called like tell a secret so Mm -hmm. i like to say that joe and mary met at a party The next thing you hear is Joe and Mary robbed a store, ran away together and opened up a tattoo parlor in South America, because that's how these things get started. Yeah. So, you know, one of the classics is how do you tell the sex of peppers? Or, you know, how do peppers have sex? Mm -hmm. So, you know, what people are saying is, you know, if depending on the number of bumps on the bottom of the pepper, -hmm. is how you tell the sex. So the females are full of seeds and but they're sweeter, whereas the males have, you know, just three bumps and, you know, they hold up better like when you're making like stuffed peppers. Mm -hmm. So my presentation has pictures of jalapenos and chilies and all those peppers. It's like, what do you call them? (laughs) Munichs? (laughs)
0: so that's obviously
1: a myth (laughs) oh yes oh yes and then what i referred to as a myth and a legend marigolds repel insects and critters in the garden Mm. now there are a lot of people don't like the smell of marigolds i personally like the smell of marigolds but a lot Mm. of people don't now i can tell you for a fact that they do not repel bunnies, chipmunks, groundhogs, deer, you know, moose, if you happen to have them crawling around in your garden, and they will eat them. You know, now if you say, oh, I grow them and they've never eaten them, it just means they haven't found them yet. You know, if something deters them on their way through your garden and they go, oh, look, you know, here's something new to snap on. Now, there are certain types of, I believe it is African marigolds, that exude a substance through their roots Mm -hmm. that repels certain types of nematodes, usually found in the deep South and in very hot climates. Mm -hmm. They repel the nematodes, doesn't repel anything else. But, you know, if you heard something once, then it, like I said, that rumor just keeps going. Mm
0: -hmm. So planting marigolds in our vegetable gardens, yay or nay?
1: you know, you can, they do attract some pollinators, but they don't really make a difference. You know, I grow, I actually grow fennel in my garden because it attracts butterflies. But I also have a mason bee house in my garden to attract mm-hmm. different pollinators there. And right outside of my garden, I have a flower bed. So, you know, the pollinators are there. You know, I, you don't have to plant them in next to it. And I hear, you know, about people are like, oh, carrots love tomatoes or something like that. You know, it it doesn't, your soil is what's going to make the difference every time your soil and watering. Those are the two critical things in your garden that are going to make a big difference. But, you know, I I hate to say this, but gardeners are cheap. They make me crazy. (laughs) So here again, you know, you heard it on the internet. So somebody thought about horticultural oil or dormant oil, which is very good and does, you know, control certain insects on your plants. But somebody thought that using PAM, you know, vegetable spray, the stuff you put in, you know, instead of using oil, would control insects. It would smother insects. (laughs) as your eyes roll back in your head
0: exactly
1: and so i even contacted i'm trying to what is it consolidated foods i believe is the manufacturer and they said pam is only designed to cook food it is not designed for anything else what you do get by using something pam even if it says organic by the way is it will make your leaves sticky it won't control it might control a couple of insects but it's not designed to do that. And then having sticky leaves is going to attract dust, which means mm-hmm. then and you know, it's going to smother the what we call the pores of the plant. And mm-hmm. you're pretty much going to end up killing the plant. You know, but yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Spray away <huh? laughs> Uh-huh. Now the one thing that makes me absolutely furious is You know, the homemade solutions are just as good as the stuff you can buy and safer, too. So we're going to talk about the one with vinegar and Epsom salts and bond dish soap and whatever else they'd like to add to it. I've seen variations of this. Mm -hmm. No, no and no. Are you sure? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) So there is a a product called horticultural vinegar. It is a, a weed killer. It is 20% acetic acid. One of the right and it is totally organic. It is required on the label it says wear eye protection because it's 20% acetic acid. It can burn your eyes very easily. The Heinz fifty-seven, which Heinz is a Pittsburgh company, is 5% acetic acid. You know, the stuff that you use to make salad dressing with or your, you know doing some canning, Mm -hmm. that's the stuff you use. Then you add a couple cups of Epsom salts. And right on the label for Epsom salts, it tells you it says good for constipation. Mm -hmm. And then Dawn dish soap. Now Dawn dish soap is used like for animals that have been in oil spills and everything. It's very good for cleaning them off. Mm -hmm. Everybody says, oh, this will kill all your weeds. Now, it may top kill some of them, but it's not gonna get rid of something like Canadian thistle. You know, you, you'll be looking at that baby forever. Mm-hmm. You are better off using the horticultural vinegar if you want to go total. there. And there's another, uh, it's called burnout. It's another organic herbicide. Mm-hmm. You, To be honest with you, I know people go crazy. Roundup is safer and you do less damage to the environment mm. than you are with this because using this mixture, you're killing off earthworms, you're killing off beneficials, mm. you know, but it makes people feel good that they're doing something safe. So it really isn't. And then of course, if it's organic, it must be safe. So there, there's OMRI certification, organic uh, manufacturers. I forget what it stands for, but it is the certification that most people go for. Mm -hmm. Now, a friend of mine owns an orchard and they applied for organic certification for their apples. And people didn't buy the apples because they weren't the perfect teacher's apple that you see, you know, the big red shiny one. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to make cider with them which is perfectly acceptable, but they would have to get another certification to make organic cider. Now they can sell it as natural cider, but you can't sell it as organic, even though they had the certification for the organically grown apples. In doing that too, when they bring them in from the field that they'd have to have them covered Mm -hmm. so that they, as they brought them through the fields, they wouldn't be contaminated with anything so there's more to organics than just what you read organic Mm -hmm. certification is very expensive also and obviously if you have to get it for each item you know that can get pricey now michael Pollan, who is the author of the omnivores dilemma and he's a big organic you know supporter he said it's they're organic by letter, not organic in spirit. If most organic consumers went to those places, they would feel like they were getting ripped off. Wow. This is from Michael Pollan. This, this is not me. And then um, I believe it was the University of Guelph in Canada mm-hmm. uh, pitted reduced risk organic and synthetic pesticides against each other in controlling a pest called the soybean aphid. And they found that not only were the synthetic pesticides more effective means of control, the organic pesticides were actually more ecologically damaged because they caused higher mortality in other non-target species like aphid predators.
0: Oh, wow. Uh,
1: So there's things that you need to be aware of. I, I know I'm not gonna make everybody happy by hearing that, uh, these are facts i'm not
0: right. making this up so, so question, to, a
1: happier, go ahead
0: question about the vinegar the the horticultural grade vinegar uh-huh. so does that mess up the the quality of the soil if you use that
1: no because you're only spraying it whereas with the soap and the epsom salts and everything that's actually sinking into the soil
0: okay so the vinegar is sticking to the plant and right. only dealing with the plant, okay. Right.
1: Okay. So, okay. And we're we're since it's spring and peonies are going to bloom soon. I love peonies. I love the fragrance of peonies. Mm-hmm. So people always say they don't want to plant peonies because they attract ants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and they don't. And peonies do not need the ants to open their buds. The ants are after the nectar inside, and the reason you notice the ants is because peony buds are so big.
0: right?
1: So you really don't, you know, it doesn't make a difference. It's just, they're there. And why give up a beautiful plant that's deer resistant, smells good, mm-hmm. and is pretty much carefree. You know, yep. peonies last decades. So, and another myth, removing suckers from tomato plants ensures a healthier plant, and bigger tomatoes, not really. I will remove the bottom uh, branches of my tomatoes just to allow for a little better air circulation because I have a problem with early blight here. Mm -hmm. But it really doesn't make a difference. And it depends on the tomato you're growing. And here again, your soil and your water are going to make the biggest difference in your plants. Mm -hmm. And then one that I really, really like, castor beans are a natural form of birth control. Ricin is derived from castor beans, you know, when everybody was worrying about, you know, getting, you know, right, ricin powder in their mail. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so the only thing you're going to be doing is going to somebody's funeral. So, yeah, you don't have to. Now, castor beans are poisonous. All parts are poisonous. They're a lovely plant, especially the red one, and the deer will not eat them.
0: What about groundhogs?
1: Nope, they won't eat them either. Okay. Yeah, you as far as I'm concerned, I wish they would. Yeah. Uh, I have a serious, I have a serious groundhog problem.
0: Yeah, the his dog, cousin lives in my backyard.
1: The dog yeah. killed seven of them last year in our back. Um, another myth: using rusty aluminum nails to turn your hydrangeas blues. So, what sounds wrong there? <laughs> this is a trick question.
0: Number one, I'm not putting nails in my garden.
1: Uh, aluminum doesn't rust
0: right
1: right so there are it depends on your soil fertility and the ph but here again you can play with some of the like nico blue you can play with there's some others but most of the the blue hydrangea by blue hydrangea there's purple hydrangeas there's lace cap there's the snowball types there's all kinds Buy the color you want and why make yourself crazy trying to do that a lot of people worry about mulch attracting termites but termites actually prefer solid wet wood not shredded mulch now i do not recommend the dyed red stuff it is not a design element (laughs) in your landscape and typically they come from uh, pallets that are a softwood and most pallets that come out of warehouses have been uh, treated with insecticides because they get off of you know the big trucks you know mm-hmm. they've been carted from point a to point b to c you know they come in from china so mm-hmm. you know really go buy the shredded hardwood mulch use it it is supposed to break down it adds some humus to your soil and buy more don't be cheap mm-hmm. uh cedar mulch repels insects not really now cedar closets because they're solid Mm -hmm. it has more of an odor but actually using the shredded stuff it loses its odor it's pretty if that's what you want to use it's fine that's good um river rock i don't know if you have that problem i see that a lot and people like to use river rock because they think they never have to mulch again yeah yeah, the problem with river rock is it catches every leaf weed seed bird poop whatever and it grows and weeding in rocks is not fun and not only that it takes a lot if you think about a three foot by ten foot area when you do the math it's a total of 40 square feet Mm -hmm. you know what the weight works out to to two to three inches of uh, the uh, river rock 1198 pounds or just over half a ton of rock that's crazy Three by 10 area why would you want to do that right you know and one i am seeing lately makes me crazy using milk for any number of things there. you know you're wiping your plants down you're using it as a fungicide no it's milk drink it hmm you don't have need to do anything else with it. Mm-hmm. And you have to use dairy milk, by the way, because almond, oat, and whatever other milk there is it doesn't work as well. Enough said about milk. Don't use right. it. Drink right.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know? um, I, I questioned that anyway when I, I questioned the milk thing because if you think about it milk spoils and it doesn't smell real good when it's spoils. Mm-mm. So if you put it on the leaves of plants in your house, what's your house gonna smell like?
1: No, yeah, well, yeah, if you ever open that container of milk and it's like about two weeks past due and you're going, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what your plants are gonna smell like too. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of people like to fill containers with um, packing peanuts or saucer bigger than the bottom so they don't have to fill the container as much to make it lighter. Well, mm-hmm. what you do actually is you reduce the area that the plant can grow. So instead of having roots, if, if the plant is, let's go with 20 inches deep, because we'll talk about a large pot. If you reduce it, that's all the root space you have. And so your plant will struggle. You actually have to water more. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So get a, one of those plant dollies, mm-hmm. get a lightweight container, put the plant where you want it. Don't worry about moving it, just water it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dude, whacking we don't a
0: tree- need. We don't need the filler in the bottom of, of the pot. No, not now. at all.
1: Not at okay. all. Okay. Uh, whacking a tree trunk to make it flower. Uh, people like to do that, especially with dogwoods. Uh, yeah, you know, there's people that, you know. So actually what you want to do is when you whack a tree, mm-hmm you're actually causing the tree to you're damaging the cambium and the tree thinks it's gonna die. Mm. And so if a plant is not blooming, especially a tree, if it's not blooming, it's either it's either diseased, you have it planted too deep, and that's why it's not blooming. Or you've got it planted too high and it's not blooming and the leaves are falling off. So trees should always be planted at the height that they come in, whether it's in a container or bald and burlap. Mm-hmm. If do you have the volcano issues, the volcano mulch issues the people, yeah, that, you know what, that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, your tree might not dry, die right away, but it will die, mm-hmm. especially, you know, if you have some wild variations in the weather. So It's just a way for them not to do any work and to sell you more mulch because every year they're going to come back and bury that mulch in a tree. When you plant a tree, there's something called the root flare Mm -hmm. or the uh, tree flare, whatever you want to call it. So when it kind of comes down and starts to go out a little Mm -hmm. bit at the bottom, that's where you should plant the tree. That's what you should be able to see that flare at all times. And you never want to put a ton of mulch on two inches is more than sufficient. Keep it a little bit away from the bark. So during the winter, the bunnies and the chipmunks aren't in there snacking on the tree itself. Mm -hmm. Then we've got cutting branches, or I'm sorry, covering the cuts on branches with tar or paint to prevent weeping or insect damage. That used to be the standard practice. It is no longer the practice. What happens is the tree will naturally heal itself as far as the insect damage or the disease damage, you're actually sealing it in. Mm-hmm. You know if there's a problem there. The only time that is ever recommended is on an oak tree that has oak wilt. Or if you're trimming an oak tree, which should never be trimmed between March and November because a weeping oak tree, there's... A, insects to transmit the disease and will kill the tree within a year
0: but somehow
1: that yeah uh, their bark beetles somehow or another they smell the sap out of the tree out of the bark because it's a damage to the tree even if you're just pruning it it's damage to the tree they smell it and attack the tree apparently it smells like stale beer i'm not sure who came up with that Mm-hmm. It says, smells like stale beer. I tended bar for a number of years. I've never smelled a tree that smelled like stale, stale beer. But it does attract. That is the only time you should be doing any type of cut. Then there's the, you know, you can repel moles and bowls and whoever else is in there with vibrating steaks. I got a ray gun. I can sell you cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And you can repel bats with pesticides. It is illegal. A, there's no pesticides that will do that, but it's also illegal to harm bats. They are are protected by the uh, federal government. Mm -hmm. And then there's repellents for snakes. Yeah, snakes are the good guys. You know, I mean, other than you got a rattlesnake or a copperhead or something, you know, you let somebody relocate them for you. But you know, your basic gardener snake, they're eating mice. They're eating other insects like cricket moles, which are really nasty. They're, you know, eating whatever comes by. They're eating other snakes, mm-hmm. as the case may be. They're good guys. Mm-hmm. I never hurt a snake. I've been known to actually pick up a black snake and help it cross the road. <clears throat> I've seen grown men scream and cry like little girls. They don't bother me. I grew up with snakes, I had them as pets. You look a little upset.
0: So explain to me, why are people insisting on putting down mothballs to deter snakes in the garden?
1: Well, people use mothballs to deter deer, rabbits, snakes, chipmunks, whatever. the problem with that is, you know, some animals actually eat that and die. And mm. then somebody eats that animal, you know, so if uh, say a rabbit eats it, although they're not likely to, but you know, a, a dog, a small dog would eat a mothball because some dogs will eat anything. Right. And say a, a hawk would come by and take it or an owl, the owl would die because it's being poisoned too. So I do not like ever use poisons in the garden. You know, Mm -hmm. there's just other repellents. I never use a poison in the garden, you know, Mm -hmm. even in the attic, you know, for the occasional mouse that I might have, I just use snap traps, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because that's quick and easy and it doesn't, other than the mouse, nobody else dies. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: And, and mothballs are illegal to use, and at least yes. in Maryland. It's illegal. to They, they poison the groundwater.
1: Yes, and they I do. And, uh, and especially with the Chesapeake, you know, that has its own problems right there. Yeah. The, and I'm a
0: bay lover, so it's like, please do not use the mothballs.
1: Yeah. And okay. then there's the pill bugs or the potato bugs or the roly polies. There's any mm-hmm. number of names for them. You know, they they look like mini armadillos. Right. And they absorb heavy metals from the earth and eat seedlings. They don't eat seedlings. They eat rotting material. Mm -hmm. And even if they eat heavy metals that may be in the ground, they're not going to clear out a site, you know, an EPA site. (laughs) And not only that, when they die, yes, heavy metals are still going to be there. It's called science, people. Mm -hmm. If you eat something, it's still going to be in your body. Just like we talked about the mothballs, if somebody eats the animal, they're also going to die for it. So, you know, don't don't even think about it.
0: So if they're Add in it. our compost, then that's fine. I'm sorry? If the little uh, roly polies are in our compost, they're that's fine. to be expected,
1: okay. They're fine, they eat rotting material. That's what a compost pile is, rotting mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. Adding a penny to a base of tulips keeps them straight. Now, other than pennies haven't had copper in them since 1982 actually florists use something called silver biosulfate to keep mm. them upright you know which is not readily available to the homeowner so if you're going to have them in a vase put a nice ribbon around them or put them in a tall vase so that will keep them upright and go with it there i kind of actually like the nodding look that you get yeah. the, the tulips there yeah and here's a good one having a pregnant woman woman sow your seeds will ensure fertility in the garden I'm pretty sure the only thing that's going to get you is a baby and the woman's going to use a shovel and put you in the garden. Yeah, because you want to tell some woman that's seven or eight months pregnant here, I want you to go plant my seeds in the garden. This isn't the old colonial times here, people.
0: Right. (laughs) So what's one final really good one that you think a lot of our new gardeners have probably heard and are probably falling for it?
1: um compost tea Mm -hmm. so from my health department the Allegheny County Health Department using compost tea which has really some nutrients but not enough and in order to get a lot of the tea made Mm -hmm. you have to let it soak and you can get E. coli and salmonella from it Mm-hmm. And I know that people use it as a fungicide, as a fertilizer, and whatever else they can think of. And you have to think about, do you have children that might be using this? Do you have somebody elderly? Do you have somebody that has an immune, compor- uh, an immune system that's compromised, like somebody who has chemotherapy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just don't want to use use it you know if, if you insist upon using it make it and use it immediately which means you're really not going to get a lot you're much better off with compost it's good it's healthy it's broken down it's good for your ground and you don't really have to worry about getting salmonella or E. coli from it, it doesn't happen all the time but it is a distinctive possibility. So Denise
0: where do you give your talks on this and other topics?
1: Uh, any anybody that wants me to come and do it, I'll do them on Zoom. I do them in person. I've done them at trade shows. I've done them at uh, like home and garden shows. Mm-hmm. I've done them to Rotary groups.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, whoever and, wants me, <laughs> which I hope I hope I have millions of adoring fans. Not likely. Not likely. Oh, you never know. And what is your website? So it is actually being reworked, but it will be plantlikeapro.com. But you can also reach me at edibleflowers that's plural, the number one, which is important there, at AOL.com. And I'm on Facebook as Mrs. Know-It-All. There's a surprise.
0: <laughs> and let's not forget that radio show.
1: Yep, Katie K.A radio which is an am station in pittsburgh 1020 on the dial and i believe 101.1 fm you can also stream it on radio.com mm-hmm. okay
0: okay well as usual you have given us uh, food for thought and uh great tips and once again we will go out into the new season with information that we can use yeah. and we'll know What is truth or not so much the truth? Thank Uh, you. Truth or consequences. (laughs) Serious consequences in some places. Well, once again, she's sharing some information that we might want to know about. Thank you, Mrs. Know-It-All, for being here for the new gardener, as well as the seasoned gardener. And perhaps we can help change someone's thought process on what we're putting in and on our plants and the earth. Here's a last tip that's definitely the truth. Make sure that your soil temperature is consistently at 50 degrees before planting your summer annuals. Sometimes they'll just sit. Sometimes the growth might be stunted and sometimes they'll just rot. So you might want to think about that. If you're planting them in a container, containers warm up quicker than the ground temp. Save yourself some money. Plant those containers first because The soil temps should be consistently at 50 degrees within a couple of weeks. In the meantime, I'd like to say thank you for continuing to follow me and for bearing with me as I get through a little writing that I'm doing at the moment. My website, cottageinthecourt.com, Facebook, Cottage in the Court, Twitter and Instagram, Cottage in Court, and I'll be speaking soon at the Botanic Garden. More information on that later. Enjoy the day.